In addition, most biologists are not fanatics. They maintain that happiness as determined mainly by biochemistry. But they agree that psychological and sociological factors also have their place. Our mental air conditioning system has some freedom of movement within predetermined borders. It is almost impossible to exceed the upper and lower emotional boundaries. But marriage and divorce can have an impact on the area between the two. Somebody born with an average level of, rather average of level 5 happiness, would never dance wildly in the streets. But a good marriage should enable her to enjoy level 7 from time to time and to avoid the despondency of level 3. If we accept the biological approach to happiness, then history turns out to be of minor importance. Since most historical events have had no impact on our biochemistry, history has changed the external stimuli that cause serotonin to be secreted, yet it does not change the resulting serotonin levels, and hence it cannot make people happier. Compare a medieval French peasant to a modern Parisian banker. The peasant lived in an unheated mud hut overlooking the local pigsty, while the banker goes home to a splendid penthouse with all the latest technological gadgets and a few to the champs LSEs, rather a view to the champs LSEs. Intuitively, we would expect the banker to be much happier than the peasant. However, mud huts, penthouses, and the champs LSEs doesn't really determine our mood. Serotonin does. When the medieval peasant completed the construction of his mud hut, his brain neurons secreted serotonin, bringing it up to level X. When in 2014 the banker made the last payment on his wonderful penthouse, brain neurons secreted a similar amount of serotonin, bringing it up to a similar level X. It makes no difference to the brain what, that the penthouse is far more comfortable than the mud hut. The only thing that matters is that at present, the level of serotonin is X. Consequently, the banker would not be one iota happier than his great-great-great-grandfather, the poor medieval peasant. This is true not only for private lives, but also of great collective events. Take, for example, the French Revolution. The revolutionaries were busy. They executed the king gave lands to the peasants, declared the rights of man, abolished noble privileges and waged war against the whole of Europe. Yet none of that changed French biochemistry. Consequently, despite all the political, social, ideological, and economic upheavals brought about by the revolution, its impact on French happiness was small. Those who won a cheerful biochemistry in the genetic lottery were just as happy before the revolution as after. Those with a gloomy biochemistry complained about 
Robespierre and Napoleon, with the sum, or the, with the same bit, bitterness with which earlier complained about Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette. If so, what good was the French Revolution? If people did not become any happier, then what was the point of all that chaos, fear, blood, and war? Biologists would never have stormed the Bastille. People think think this political revolution or that social reform will make them happy, but their biochemistry tricks them to time and time again. There is only one historical development that has real significance today when we finally realize that the keys to happiness are in the hands of our biochemical system. We can stop wasting our time on politics and social reforms. Putches and ideal ideologies and focus instead on the only thing that can make us truly happy, manipulating our biochemistry. If we meet Rather, we invest billions in understanding our own biochemistry. And developing appropriate treatments, we can make people far happier than ever before without any need of revolutions, Prozac, for example. Prozac, for example. Does not change regimes, but by raising serotonin levels, it lifts people out of their depression. Nothing captures the biological argument better than the famous New Age slogan, happiness begins within. Money, social status, plastic surgery, beautiful houses, powerful positions. None of these will bring you happiness. Lasting happiness comes only from serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. And Aldo's holy... Lasting happiness comes only from serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. And Aldo Halyuli's novel, Brave New World. Nothing captures the biological argument better than the famous New Age slogan, Happiness Begins Within. Money, social status, plastic surgery, beautiful houses, powerful positions, none of these will bring you happiness. Lasting happiness comes only from serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. In Aldous Hewley's dystopian novel, Brave New World, published in 1932 at the height of the Great Depression, happiness is the supreme value and psychiatric drugs replace the companies.
world state, each day, each person takes a dose of soma. A synthetic drug which makes people happy without harming their productivity and efficiency. The world state that governs the entire globe is never threatened by wars, revolutions, strikes, or demonstrations. The world state that covers the entire globe is never threatened by wars, revolution, strikes, or demonstrations because all people are supremely content with their current conditions, whatever they may be. Yuli's vision of the future is far more troubling than George Orwell's 1984. Yuli's world seems monstrous to most readers, but it is hard to explain why. Everybody is happy all the time. What could be wrong with that?